شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم اما بعد باذن الله تعالى we going to cover something from the works of the noble sheikh Muhammad ibn Saleh al-Uthaymin wa rahimahullahu ta'ala rahmatan wasi'ah and it is manhajun yawmiyun li talib al-ilm a daily methodology for the student of knowledge and although it mentions here the student of knowledge this is applicable for every Muslim. You will see how that which the Sheikh speaks about is relevant to every Muslim. And this, Barakallahu Fikum, is important as we, as Muslims, have been created for the worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. As Allah Azzawajal mentioned, in Surah Al-Dhariyat وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجَنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I have not created the jinn nor the mankind except to worship me. So throughout our lives we strive to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a daily basis, on a weekly basis on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis and then you even have ibadah that we do once in a lifetime or it is required for us to do it once in a lifetime. And this shows that the entire life of the Muslim is centered around ibadah. Daily worship as an example, the five daily prayers. The daily adhkar that we make saying la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah lahu mulku lahu alhamdu ala kulli shay'in the 100 times in a day so that we do on a daily basis the two raka'a before fajr four before duhr two after duhr two after maghrib two these are daily acts of ibadah then you have weekly ibadah like salat al-jumu'ah like fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. This is done weekly. Then you have ibadah that's monthly. Like what? Uh -uh. Fasting three days, the white days. Or any three days of the month. This is an ibadah that's done on a monthly basis. Then you have ibadah that's done on a yearly basis, right? Huh? Fasting Ramadan, right? Fasting Ramadan. What else? Hajj. For those who make Hajj yearly. What else? Eid. Salat al-Eid. These are matters we do on a yearly basis. Also, the payment of? Zakat. The zakat. Zakat. Paying the Zakat is a yearly act of worship. And then there's Ibadah that's done once in a lifetime, or we can say required once in a lifetime, like the Hajj itself. 
the Hajj itself. And for those uh, scholars who view the hadith as being authentic, what salat? Mean once in a lifetime. Yes. Salat al-Tasbih. Some of the ulama al-Sunnah view the hadith to be authentic. So they say that you implement it, although the Prophet is not recorded to have implemented it, but it's done once in a lifetime. But the point is that you see the life of the Muslim is centered around the ibadahs, is, is, that's, that's the origin. And we're worshipping Allah daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. This is how the Muslim life is. And here the Shaykh Ta'ala is speaking about a daily methodology. A daily methodology. And he mentions that, or it is stated this is for the student of knowledge, but again, it is also applicable for every Muslim. And this has come about from an individual requesting the Shaykh to make for him a daily methodology or methodology that he can traverse upon during his life. As the Shaykh he mentioned, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa ba'd. فَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي بَارَكَ اللَّهُ فِيكْ أَنْ أَضَعَ لَكَ مَنْهَجًا تَسِيرُ عَلَيْهِ فِي حَيَاتِكَ The shaykh, he begins with the greetings. And we know, السلام قبل الكلام That greeting the Muslim takes precedence or is to be before speaking to the Muslim. And it's very important that when we address one another, that we begin by giving the legislated salam. And we should not replace the legislated greeting with the greetings of the people that they do normally. What's up? What's good? Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah or assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As for replacing the salams with what's up, what's good, what's going on, what's the word and the likes, then this is taking us away from that which Allah has legislated for us. The initiating of the salams is recommended. The responding to the salams is obligatory. However, the one who initiates the salam, this is better. This is better. So here someone asked the Shaykh to make for him a daily methodology or a methodology that he can traverse upon throughout his life. This here shows the importance of returning back to Ahl al-Ilm. For Ahl al-Ilm, the ulama, they are the inheritors of the prophets. As the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, that the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Ask the people of knowledge when you don't know. 
And we know that when the scholars are no longer present, this is when you will find the trials and the tribulations at its height, at its peak. But when we do have ulama alive and present, take advantage of this because they will not always be around forever. And know that whenever a scholar dies, that's knowledge being taken away from the ummah. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, in Allah لا يقبض العلم ينتزعه من العباد that indeed Allah does not just take away the knowledge from the servants by just removing it from them ولكن يقبض العلم بقبض العلماء however Allah takes the knowledge away by way of the death of the scholars so Allah just doesn't take the knowledge from the people, but the knowledge is taken away through the death of the ulama, the inheritors of the knowledge. Hatta lam aliman until he doesn't leave any scholar to remain, or hatta la yabqa alimun, or until no scholar remains. Then at that time. When there's no scholars remaining, the people will take the ignorant people as their leaders. For su'ilu, and they'll be questioned. For aftaw, bi ilm. And then these ignorant leaders will respond and give religious verdicts without knowledge. For dhallu wa So they will be astray, leading others astray. O kamaqala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as long as we have ulama alive, like Sheikh Salih Fawzan, Sheikh Luhaydan, the Mufti, Sheikh Rabia, Sheikh Abdul Mursin, Sheikh Muhammad bin Adam, Ethiopia, in Mecca, Sheikh Suleiman Ruhayli in Medina, Sheikh Muhammad bin Hadi, you got scholars that are in Egypt, Sheikh Hassan al-Banna, Sheikh Khalid, from the younger Mashiach, both Khalid, Sheikh Khalid Uthman and Sheikh Khalid Abdul Rahman, yeah, the Mashaykh in Kuwait. You have Mashaykh in Algeria, Sheikh Farqo. You have Mashaykh. You have scholars present. Benefit from them. Ask them questions about your religion. Benefit from their lectures. Benefit from their writings, their teachings, their fatawa. While we still have the opportunity. Because once it's taken away, it's gone. Once the knowledge is no longer there by way of the presence of these scholars, that's it. So who are the people going to turn to then? As the Prophet mentioned, they're going to turn to the ignorant people. So going to the people of knowledge, this is the methodology of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, they used to go to the Prophet sallallahu and ask about the affairs of the religion, that which will benefit them in this world as well as in the hereafter. 
So this individual requesting from the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sari Uthaymeen to make for him a methodology that he can traverse upon throughout his life, this is following the way of the Salaf. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, Indeed, I ask Allah the Most High to give us all success to that which has within it the guidance and direction being upon that which is correct and solidified, free from error. And that Allah Azza wa Jal make us from amongst those who are guides and who are guided, who are righteous, and those who bring about rectification. This which the Shaykh he mentioned here is very important. And that is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the tawfiq, for the success. For the success is in the hands of Allah. And there are different categories of success. You have Hidayatul Al Hidayatul Amma, the general guidance, and that is a guidance that is shared by all of mankind, Muslims, non-Muslims, even the jinn, even animals. They have this general guidance, and that's being basically being guided to that which benefits you. If you look at animals, animals have guidance. Animals know, as for instance, the birds. They know to fly south during the winter to the warmer areas or where the climate is, is warmer. That's guidance from Allah, but it's general guidance. Bears know to hibernate, but they know to eat and stack up food before they go into hibernation. That's guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ability that the animals have to hunt, the ability that animals have to, to run away from the predators when they try to hunt. This is general guidance. Human beings have this type of guidance and animals they have guidance. Then you have Hidayatul Irshad, the guidance of direction. And this is when a person has knowledge of that which is pleasing to Allah and is able to convey as the Prophet وسلم, was described by Allah Indeed you, meaning you O Muhammad وسلم, you guide to a straight path. Meaning that the Prophet وسلم, possessed the knowledge of guidance. The third category, he died to tawfiq. And this is the point here. The guidance of success. Only Allah controls that. And that's found in the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ That indeed, you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you do not guide who you love, but Allah, He guides whomsoever He wills. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he guides. But the other verse Allah says he guides. This is not a contradiction. 
Rather, this is speaking about two different categories of guidance. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is a guide from the aspect that he has the knowledge. He has the Quran, he has the Sunnah. And he conveys this, this is guidance. But now, when it comes to who's going to accept the knowledge and follow it, that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Although the Prophet sallallahu possessed the knowledge, his uncle Abu Talib did not accept it. So Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you do not guide who you love, but Allah, He guides whomsoever He wills. And the last category of guidance is the guidance that will take place in the hereafter. And that is that a person either will be guided to the paradise or the person will be guided to the hellfire. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance in this life to that which is upright and good. And we ask Allah azza wa jal for guidance in the hereafter to the paradise. Amen. Uh, guidance that takes place in the hereafter is going to be either to the hellfire or the person is going to be guided to the paradise. Here, this here, this uh, point here is the importance of making du'a. The Prophet, he mentioned a du'a huwa ibadah. That making du'a or du'a itself is ibadah, it is worship. And we should not overlook this matter of du'a. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, inna allaha إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَضِبَ عَلَى مَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلْهُ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم That indeed Allah جل, He's angry with the one who does not ask him. Indeed Allah is angry with the one right, that does not ask him. Inshallah ta'ala, we want to stop at this point because the telemetry is about to begin and we will continue afterwards. Bi'idhni Allah ta'ala.